Welcome to the Faith Element Podcast for the January 1st, 2023 session, focusing upon Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 13. Looking up, I'm Daniel Glaze. I'm Nikki Hardiman. I'm Bert Montgomery. And I'm David Adams. Well, Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> it was it was hard to say 2023. You're I right. <laughs> I haven't practiced that yet. So, <laughs> well, David Cassidy is out of town again this week. Uh, he should be back next week. But again, we're glad to have David Adams joining us to round out the cast today. Thank you. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so before we begin, just a uh, a personal word here. Let me say to everyone listening on this podcast, uh, as you're preparing for worship on New Year's Day, be kind to your pastor today. She Amen. has she has worked Christmas Eve, Christmas morning, and now New Year's morning. It's uh, I'm guessing she or he is tired. So maybe a little kindness um, and some cash could go along. So, Amen. Anyway. Preach it. Anyway. Yeah, just slip it into their hand. That's yeah. it. <laughs> Uh, friends, today we're in the book of Ecclesiastes, and the passage we're reading is about how there's a time for everything. So, David, here's a time for you to give us an introduction for this passage. Thank you. Uh, we're all familiar with this passage about the seasons. I don't know about the rest of you, but I can't read this passage without hearing the initial chords of the 1965 mega-hit song by the Birds. It's so ingrained in my generation that most of us can't help it. To everything, turn, 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 there is a season, turn, turn. You, you know the song. I'm pretty sure that if you even bring up Ecclesiastes in casual conversation, as a lot of us do in our free time, this song will instantly spring to mind. Given the struggles for faith that have marked the years since the song was introduced, how nice is it to have a biblical passage that is so ingrained in our culture and it still has this effect. But this passage adds something really important when it points out that we don't really know what happened before us, and we don't know where the future is going. It's important for us to enjoy the moments while we have them. And sometimes it's easiest to do that if we can focus on the task immediately to hand. Sure, you can walk into a lot of people's office cubicles and see such wisdom displayed on a poster or coffee mug. You might even have someone toss you the occasional carpe diem. But it's a lot easier to turn this sort of thinking into a slogan or a poster than to live into it. We have a lot of Karens in our world who would make it hard to do that because they feel like they need to be in charge of the future and have a hand in all discussions and all decisions that are made. They can't let things be, particularly if they fear to lose some sort of feeling of privilege or safety. So they press us constantly to engage at times when letting be is the better choice. Let someone say something that doesn't sit well with you. Let someone wear unusual clothes. Let people be themselves in a flamboyant way. Let people live in a way that you wouldn't live. What's it to you, anyway? More important, let God do what God's going to do with people's lives. It's not given to you to control that. It seems that we too often get caught up in thinking that the universe should be run in a different fashion than it is, as if God needs our advice and permission. 
and we fail to fully appreciate the moments that we have in favor of the moments we think we should be having. Sometimes we can get caught up in the difficulty of a particular moment, but the important thing, often the only thing, is to keep our heads turned to the tasks that God has placed immediately in front of us and trust God to take care of the bigger picture. God knows what God is doing, and we need to focus on the things that God has placed in front of us rather than run about worrying about all the things that God has not. In ancient Rome, there was a poem about a dog who had two bones. He, he picked at one, he licked the other. He ran in circles till he dropped dead. Did I mention that was a vision of collision on the open sea? Sorry. I remember once working in a secular job at a company that was determined to make cutbacks. It seemed that a different person left every week, and it became emotionally difficult when people who had become my friends and colleagues were suddenly plucked from my life, usually in the middle of the day. It could have really gotten to me, but I determined that the only way to get through a day was to pay attention to the job immediately in front of me and worry about the people I lost when I had time to do so. I wasn't writing people off, but I was attending to the task for which I was hired until the day came for me to be let go. That's hard for us to do. We're told that God has made everything suitable for its time. But how do we accept the idea of being suitable for God's time when our times are so hard? We constantly look up from the task we have at hand and try to fit ourselves into a larger scheme of our own devising instead of God's. It's hard not to when there's just so many places where justice is hard to find and love might be only a rumor of something we hope for. Still, God has given us purpose, and there are times when attending to that is precisely what moves the larger narrative along. The great Ian McKellen once delivered a line saying, A wizard is never late, nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. Now, many people found the line humorous, but I'm not so sure that Tolkien didn't have something bigger in mind. God is not late. God's grace, God's love, God's actions occur precisely when God means them to. Koheleth reminds us to focus on the moment and find joy in the day. Tomorrow's problems are inevitable, and they'll arrive on their own. Once you've made provision, you have to trust in God. It's easy to believe that we face a terrifying future, and if we're not careful, we can let terrors paralyze us. It's clear that we've faced hardships in the past, and we'll do so again. Still, God was with us in those times and will be with us in such times when they come back. It falls to us to find some way to be what God calls us to be in the here and now. So, in this new year, we're going to have plans that don't quite work out and we'll be visited by memories of hurtful things. We're going to put on coats in the winter and shorts in the summer. Some of us are even going to make sure that our church sanctuaries are decked out in the correct liturgical colors for each season. Many things will pass by, and God will be there for all of them. There is a time and a place for everything. Let's just not forget to enjoy what God has made as we share this journey. David, thank you for that. So, I've been preaching for several years. I've been preaching every week for about 16 years. I don't believe I've ever preached on this passage with 
the exception of weddings and funerals. It's a, I wouldn't say popular, but it's, it's not rare to have this passage read at weddings and funerals. And, and just that, I think, is a picture of what this passage teaches us, that life has its ups and downs, its moments of beauty and pain, and God is there with us through it all. Through it all, God will take care of us. I, now, that's a, that's a very simplistic reading here, but I'm just struck by that in my own life. That's the times, those are the times I've interacted with these passages, weddings and funerals. And I think that's, I think that's significant because of, it's at those moments that we need to hear what the author of Ecclesiastes is telling us. Yeah, David, I, of course, appreciated your reference to the birds. I'm kind of disappointed you didn't properly name check Pete Seeger before that. But um, but also uh, Tolkien and, and the whole wizard Gandalf thing. Uh, I love that very much. But, you know, I've been living in this for a while. There's been a – our listeners may or may not know that I've been on medical leave since August from the university because of having long COVID. And um, – I missed a few podcast recordings because of it. Um, and and I've been struggling for these last few months of trying to figure out what's going on in my world, in my life right now. And this passage has just kept coming back to me and coming back to me and coming back to me. That life is seasons. It's more than, it is ups and downs, but it's more than just an up down today or up down tomorrow, but that we live in seasons. And I've been communicating with friends and mentors during this time, and one of them is 91, 92 years old, and he talks about being in the season of twilight. He, mm-hmm. he realizes, you know, he's not 20, he's not even 50. He's at a season of, of dying. Which is important because this is this is um, or the end of life that it, you know he's coming to an end. Ecclesiastes is attributed. Uh, now David can come in with some facts here, but it is attributed to Solomon, right? And and the 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 rabbis say that in general the tradition is Solomon wrote the Song of Songs when he was a uh, a lustful young man, um, and he wrote Proverbs when he was at middle age, at the height of his power and prestige, and had anything and everything and everyone at his disposal, and then Ecclesiastes comes in that season of twilight at the end. And this is where he's saying, what's it all for, right? It's all for naught. We're all going to die. It's all nothing. And um, meaninglessness, meaninglessness, vanity of vanities. But there's a season, and I feel like I've been in this season of, of reflection that you've got to stop. And as we talk about seasons, I love that we're starting this in, this is an electionary for January, and we're starting this year with this in the middle of winter. Because our culture is geared to pretend there are no seasons, right? We are going to work the same way every day, all day, 365 days a year. If it's cold, we'll turn the heat on. If it's hot, we'll turn the air conditioner on. Uh, But other than that, our life right now, our culture has been geared toward production full force regardless of the natural seasons. And I think... 
other cultures uh, have an idea of natural seasons. And I think we're learning, somebody mentioned that Nikki before we started recording, that, that younger folks who went through school during the pandemic have noticed the need to pause and to play and are going to start pushing back when everybody wants to make us, you know, 24 hour a day production robots again. And this need for seasons, I'm, I gotta, I'm just on a rant here, but I'm, there's something here that's just speaking to me. And I believe to our culture at this moment about the need to recognize the changing of the seasons and go with them and build our lives into them instead of fight and build our lives against it. What I'm hearing you say, Bert, and, and correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, that, you know, not, not that all times and situations are good per se, but, but is there something to embracing wherever it is that we are? Well, and, and, and the text, I mean, that, that familiar thing, there's a time to be born. There's a time mm-hmm. to die. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a time to cry and mourn, but then there's a time to laugh and, and celebrate. And, and I think that's just part of, as, as David was talking about in his introduction, embracing the present moment, because God is here in the present moment, not waiting for us to, to get our theology right or to work ourselves to our rewards, either monetarily and materially or heavenly, but God is here right now with us. And, and there's a Jewish word for that, um, hamakom, I think. I may be mispronouncing it. Hamakom, which means place. And it's used as a name for God, that God is this place here, mm-hmm. now. Yeah, and you, you kind of reminded me of a couple of things that I didn't mention a lot. One of them was, I was really focusing on the the paragraph that comes after this nice little verse that made a song because it really helped summarize that the other is um i didn't toss out a ferris bueller reference although i really wanted to you know because at the very end he's talking about how life passes by quickly and if you don't look around every now and then you're going to miss it but again all of this is about the idea that things pass we're on a journey someplace we're going somewhere and there are episodes of that journey. There are things that change. There are transitions that occur, as Daniel was first pointing out about weddings and funerals and all that. These are all major transitions where some major shift has occurred, some change has taken place. And sometimes we're so caught up in just getting done with our tasks that we don't notice that we should be looking around. You know, we're, we're looking down the road to see where we're going. Look at where we are right now. Who's in the car with us right now? And what can we do together? while we're all here in this moment. And to many people, I think that we lose something from our worship because we can't appreciate the fullness of that moment, as opposed to what I've got to do on Monday or Tuesday when I get back to the office, as opposed to God's with me right here in this place. God's with all of us here in this place. We're praying together. We're singing together. Something's happening here right now. Can we just stop and appreciate that for a minute? This conversation has been, um, I've kind of been sitting and listening to you all because I've appreciated what you're saying. I think that this conversation, it's so important for us right now. I think it's speaking directly to what at least us here in America need to hear. 
probably other places too, but I know that our culture is one of, we kind of have a tendency to live in that future. Like what's next? Where are we going next? What do we have to prepare for next? What, you know, but there is this line and I, um, David Adams was looking at the paragraph at the bottom of the passage as well. And there's this line in there that just keeps striking me as I read it. And it says, um, it says, he's made everything suitable for its time. Moreover, he has put a sense of past and future into their minds. He's talking about workers, um, just people who work. Yet they cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I know that there is nothing better for them than to be happy and enjoy themselves as long as they live. Moreover, it is God's gift that all should eat and drink and take pleasure in all their toil. And there is this sense that, you know, the tradition is Solomon at the end of his life. Um, If it wasn't Solomon, it probably wasn't Solomon, y'all. It was not written at the right time. Um, Unless, you know, uh, unless Solomon was 800 years old. Um, But it is the words of someone at the end of their life. And if you ever take time to sit and listen to people who are in that twilight time, there's a, I find there's often a generosity um, that comes to people at the end of their lives when they realize we worried over too many things um, and we didn't take time to have pleasure with one another, um, to take pleasure in each other, to take pleasure in a delicious, um, a delicious pie or, you know, whatever it, whatever it is life happens in those small moments. Yeah. That's one of those great sayings that nobody ever comes to the end of their life and regrets all the time they wasted spending with their family. Right. Mm. Mm. Right. Wish they could have worked more. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So here we are at a transition of sorts. The beginning of a new year, January one. And as, as you just alluded to David, it, it will come as a shock to no one to say that our our time on earth is finite. How do we want to use it? And maybe this is a good word for us here at the beginning of a, of a new year. How do we want to use that? And not that the Bible gives us instructions for every little bit of life, but I think in an overarching philosophical sense, how do we want to use the time that we have? I think Christ has told us to live simply, to love generously, to speak truthfully, and to serve faithfully, especially those who can do nothing for us in return. That's where life and love are to be found. And I hope 2023 is full of those things for all of us. Thank you all for this wonderful conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Subscribe to the Faith Element Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Learn more about our Faith Element Bible Study curriculum at faithelement.net. Faith Element is a service of Faith Lab.